This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, OPM has some ideas on how to break down barriers for disadvantaged communities. USPS is seeing more and more fake people trying to fraudulently change their addresses. Agencies and companies now have a how-to guide on reporting cybersecurity incidents. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Improving employees' understanding of different retirement plans and options for health benefits are among new strategies for the Office of Personnel Management. In OPM's Equity Action Plan, the agency said it will address gaps in financial literacy for disadvantaged communities, such as people of color and LGBTQI plus individuals. OPM also plans to improve demographic data on job applications to identify barriers to equity in federal hiring. These efforts come after the White House called on agencies to create strategies for advancing racial equity in federal services. The number of fraudulent change of address requests to the Postal Service more than doubled between 2020 and 2021. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The USPS Inspector General found the agency saw more than 23,000 cases of change of address fraud and attempted identity theft fraud last year. That's a 167% increase compared to what the agency saw in 2020. The IG conducted its report after receiving inquiries from the House Oversight and Reform Committee. The IG says ineffective identity verification controls at USPS allowed bad actors to take advantage of the service, which saw much higher use since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. USPS management disagreed with the IG's findings and recommendations. Jory Heckman. Federal News Network. The Postal Regulatory Commission is looking to link up several dashboards to maximize insights into USPS service performance. The Postal Service is required to stand up a new dashboard tracking on-time delivery metrics as part of the recently signed Postal Service Reform Act. But the Commission and the USPS Office of Inspector General already have their own dashboards tracking nationwide service. The Commission's Chief Data Officer, Russ Rappel-Schmid, says he's looking at ways to bring these dashboards together. In this case, three is not a crowd. I'd like to go back to one of my favorite shows from the early 80s, Three's Company. I think that's where we're headed. The top Democrats of two House committees are launching an investigation into federal agencies' use of facial recognition technology from the vendor IDME. House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney and Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis Chairman James Clyborne are asking for a list of contracts IDME has with federal, state, and local governments, as well as specifics about its biometric data retention policies in those contracts. The IRS earlier this year backed away from plans to use facial recognition technology from IDME to verify users online and is pivoting to login.gov. The Department of Homeland Security is reviewing its processes for disciplining employee misconduct. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. DHS is conducting a 45-day review of its discipline processes after unpublished Inspector General reports showed sexual misconduct and domestic violence are going uninvestigated, unreported, or unpunished at four law enforcement components. The Project on Government Oversight obtained the draft IG reports. The evaluations focused on Customs and Border Protection, the Secret Service, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, and the Transportation Security Administration. One draft report shows one in three employees who were surveyed from those agencies said they experienced sexual harassment or misconduct in the workplace. Justin Doubleday, 
Federal News Network. The federal board that's tasked with reviewing benefits decisions for veterans has a new nominee for chairman. President Joe Biden plans to pick Jaime Arizaga Soto to lead the Board of Veterans Appeals at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Arizaga Soto currently serves as the National Guard Bureau's principal deputy general counsel. He's also worked as deputy secretary for Veterans and Defense Affairs of Virginia. Currently, Cheryl Mason serves as chairwoman for the Board of Veterans Appeals. The Transportation Security Administration is getting a new technology leader. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the exclusive details. TSA is staying within the Homeland Security Department family for its new chief information officer. Yemi Oshinaye, the deputy CIO at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service, will replace Russ Roberts, who has been TSA's CIO since 2018. Roberts, who initially said he'd retire at the end of December, stayed on for five extra months, but now will retire at the end of May. Oshinaye will start in early May to ensure there's an easy transition. He's been the deputy CIO at USCIS since March 2019, but has worked at DHS previously from 2012 to 2017. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. There's a new guide out for how to report cyber incidents. Agencies and industry alike are being asked to report suspicious and threatening activity on their networks. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency now has a guide out for sharing cyber event information. The guide includes 10 key elements of a report that organizations should share with CISA in the event of a cyber attack. CISA says it will use the information to provide assistance and share warnings to prevent other entities from falling victim to a similar attack. Meanwhile, a bipartisan group of lawmakers is pushing the Energy Department to ensure it's taking the lead in protecting the energy sector from cyber attacks. In a letter to Secretary Jennifer Granholm, two House and two Senate members who lead their bodies' respective DOE oversight committees ask her to do more to maintain the department's role as the sector risk management agency. They also tell Granholm to work with CISA on forthcoming cyber incident reporting requirements to ensure clarity and consistency and avoid duplication. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.